Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. In these perilous times, I am inspired to a reconsideration of urgency. I imagine that the times always feel perilous to those who are living through them and that urgency can always feel imperative. Nevertheless, in these perilous times, I invite you to join me in a reflection on just what could and should feel urgent to us. What feels truly urgent is the call to wake up and pay attention, to live deeply and fully, as Henry David Thoreau said as he headed off to live at Walden Pond, to live deliberately. He wished to see what life had to teach, he wrote, and not, when I come to die, discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to see what was not life, he continued. Living is so dear. I wanted to live deep and suck out all the marrow of life. Kim and I spent last week in Florida and got a pretty big dose of humanity on vacation. I will report to you that there is in the matting crowd a lethargy that borders on depression. Families trying in vain to be happy, people of all stripes looking for love and happiness in all the wrong places. They're moving slowly and aimlessly, indulging a myriad of addictions, spending, eating, drinking, on the phone, on the smartphone, watching TV, sometimes all at the same time. The only hurrying seems to be to the promise of the next fix. From a spiritual perspective, this behavior is astonishingly empty. The words desperate and discouraging come to mind, literally without hope or courage. It made me homesick for you this spiritual community, this community of seekers, I am reminded to say again how profoundly grateful I am for you, for us. Thank you. And I am reminded to say again that urgency is never truly satisfied by things, but instead by living into a vision of wholeness for ourselves and the world, a vision how can we can best love and serve, a vision of justice and peace, both for ourselves and for the world. We awaken urgency, we invoke a vision, and traveling the distance between that quickening and the shining goal begins with a single step. 
A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The theories of visioning or goal-setting are legion. One holds that goals should be established for no more than four days at a time. Another suggests 90-day goals, one season in which to achieve our dreams. There are short-term goals and long-term goals and smart goals and probably some not-so-smart goals. But I cast my lot with simply taking the next step, all the while keeping the vision before us. Life coach Martha Beck also subscribes to the next step theory of moving toward our vision. She writes, taking things step by step means working, working hard, working scared, working through confusion and embarrassment and failure. I've met countless people the word thinks of as lucky, she continues, and all of them operate this way. I've come to think that the main purpose of rumination is work avoidance. Dwelling endlessly on the past keeps us from the wild, exhausting, terrifying tasks that create our right lives. I was deeply compelled by a simple hand-lettered sign on the wall of a Taekwondo studio. It says, your goal is to become a black belt. In other words, at every moment, through the rigors of hard training, trial and error, pain and failure, day in and day out, one step, four days, 90 days, all the days of our lives, at every moment, we have a vision at hand, a North Star guiding us home to the fulfillment of our divine potential. That vision, that black belt has to be your own, my own. Each of us has a version of that black belt. Enter the spirituality of vision, your goal, journey and destination is to answer yes to your deepest calling. The mission is to grow your soul, to become you. Kay Ryan, the 16th Poet Laureate of the United States wrote, I remember lying in bed as a teenager and deciding to hypnotize myself by saying these words. Be what you are. Be what you are. Be what you are. I said it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, she says, the intention being to protect me from what I felt was going to take me away from myself. And to this day, I still say that when I think I'm trying to fit somebody else's expectations. Be what you are. Be what you are, be who you are now. Now, back to urgency. Insurance magnate W. Clement Stone is reputed to have built his multi-million dollar empire on the directive to employees to recite this phrase over and over again at the beginning of each workday. Do it now. With millions to make and nothing to lose, 
We could do worse than to try this on ourselves, like a mantra throughout the day. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. There's something else underlying thinking and action, though, and that's that leap, that sure landing in this very moment, the present, this gift, the present, is all we are given in any given moment. And it is enough. It is enough to begin releasing the bonds of the past and fear of the future. It is enough, the present. And it is what is truly urgent and truly worthy of our devotion. Do you remember the little monkey's leap? This is my favorite passage from the Ramayana, the great Hindu myth. Prince Rama asks his monkey, Hanuman, to leap across the ocean between India and Sri Lanka, carrying Rama's gold ring and a message of love to the princess, Sita, who is being held hostage by the evil, ten-headed Ravana. Hanuman isn't at all sure that he can do it, and he has no idea what awaits him on that hostile shore. He thinks maybe there's someone better for this job. But in the whimsical translation of William Buck, there was dismay and faint sorrow, and it was time to be strong. Hanuman agrees to take the ring to Sita. Here he goes. He climbed to a high hilltop overlooking the vast ocean separating the two countries. He held his breath and sucked in his stomach. He frisked his tail and raised it a little on the end. He bent his knees and swung back his arms and on one finger gleamed Rama's gold ring. Then, without pausing to think, he drew in his neck, laid back his ears, and jumped. It was grand. It was the greatest leap ever taken. The speed of Hanuman's jump pulled blossoms and flowers into the air after him, and they fell like little stars on the waving treetops. The animals on the beach had never seen such a thing. They cheered Hanuman. Then the air burned from his passage, and red clouds flamed over the sky and Hanuman was far out of sight of land. I want to close with a story by attorney Greg Yaris. Just as Greg was finishing a big project in LA looking for a break in the action, he received an invitation to join a tour to Israel. He said a spontaneous last minute yes and scheduled his flight. With less than a week to go, as he stood barbecuing in his backyard, he called his father. As it turned out, Mr. Yaris was planning to travel from his home in Dallas to New York for a bar mitzvah the next weekend. Greg asked him if he wanted to connect during his layover at JFK. He was telling his father about his trip to Israel. Mr. Yaris was interested in every detail. He said, I wish I could go to Israel again. In what Greg describes as one of those rare moments of clarity, he blurted out, why don't you come? Here's how he tells it. He was stunned. I was stunned. My father played his whole card, 
the money. It's just too expensive. Greg isn't sure what impelled him to say, it's on me, but he said it. His father said, I'm in. Greg got online in 10 minutes and one very large credit card bill later. Mr. Yaris had a seat next to him on the plane and a spot on his trip to Israel. What had been a respite from work had suddenly become a father-son trip. They hadn't lived in the same town for 30 years. Greg couldn't even remember their spending time alone together. Off they went. When they arrived in Israel, Greg wanted to take a nap. His father wanted to go out on the town. And it was like that all week. He couldn't get enough. Mr. Yaris loved every minute of what they were seeing and who they were meeting. He would spend each dinner with a different table of people from the tour group. He was the most popular person there. Seeing my father passionate about something so central to who I am and doing it together, Greg says, was one of the highlights of my life. On Friday night, they went to the Wailing Wall. For the first time in my life, Greg says, I danced to Lecha Dodi, the song that welcomes the Sabbath, with my father and a hundred yeshiva boys. And I thought, God willing, maybe my children will take me here someday. The time flew and they were back at JFK. They embraced and parting from their unexpected and in the end, spectacular time together. Over the summer, they called each other often, talking about the trip. One especially beautiful photograph shows them in Tel Aviv, overlooking the Mediterranean, smiling. In September, Mr. Yaris contracted a staph infection that landed him in the hospital. After weeks of penicillin, he was finally better. Two weeks after he got home, he was cleared to exercise his first morning back on the treadmill. He died of a heart attack. Greg Yaris concludes, I miss him badly. I miss him three times a day when I see Kaddish. I miss him in the odd moments when I should be working or concentrating on my driving. But I think back to what might not have been. If I hadn't blurted out, why not come with me? If I had stopped to think about how much the trip was going to cost, if I had spent even a moment thinking, do I really want to burden myself with my father? One of the greatest opportunities of my life would have been lost. Sometimes he concludes, it's better not to think. Sometimes we just have to say, do it now. Because if we don't, we may never get the chance. Beloved spiritual companions, perilous and urgent, life invites us to wake up, pay attention, and live, really live with hope and courage. Grateful for the sanctuary of this extraordinary spiritual community. May we live into our vision, answering yes to our deepest calling, and do it now. <laughs>